0: Hey, L.A., Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real L.A. gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is adding off.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots
3: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get.
2: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is Frosted Tips, everyone, with me and my husband, Michael Turchin. Hello there. Turkey Turchin to most. That's right. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Uh, I hope everyone has recovered from their Labor Day weekend. We sure have. We had a nice little relaxing weekend. It was somewhat in relaxing in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Celebrating some friends, getting engaged. Yeah, uh, It was nice to get away because we didn't really have much of a summer vacation. No, apart from our uh, road trip. We did that trip. road trip, which was amazing. Awesome. We drove the 101. We used to do that every year. I, I agree. I can't wait for the kids to get old enough to do be do able it with to us. go traveling with us. I can't
4: wait. I want to be a
0: camping family.
4: I will be a... Yeah, like a glamping family
0: we can be a glamping family we I mean, I don't camp too. but we have to pitch a tent every once oh, in a while. for sure one of those yeah. mac daddy family tents oh that's what that I, has like I was like two bedrooms somehow yeah, you put
4: air <laughs> air mattresses in there yeah. it's got like a balcony with a jacuzzi <laughs> yeah uh-huh. they sell those at home Depot. but right? how
0: fun will it be yeah. to have like because we don't let the you know kids sleep in our bed because we don't want to start that habit because yeah. we have so many friends that are like don't do it once I know you start. so many friends no. whose kids
4: now are like 3 4 and they're still sleeping in their bed and it would be night. hard for
0: twins cuz one of them's going to be jumping around it's just it would be really hard and i don't want them to get that happy although i i just want desperately to want to sleep next to them oh my god soon
4: once they're i mean they're not even 2 yet so once they get bigger okay. a little more uh, but, but I feel stable like
0: this would be you know like camping
4: perfect. you're forced to
0: have to like snuggle with. okay us. i'm down let's go camping right a yes. little tent you i mean we could camper? practice at first in our yard oh yeah we can just go. Yeah, I've always. I used to do that as a kid. Well, not all the time. We did it maybe twice. Is um, it always started out as a good idea? You're but then like, you have to my like
4: friends. pee in the middle of the night, yes. and then you're like, well, and then you just
0: go to your bed. Then you just you're go like, to your bed. going back. Yes. So yeah, your friends are like, you know what? We're gonna camp out. So you know, you pitch the tent. Your friends are back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two in the morning. You're like, I gotta pee. I I'm, gotta thirsty. pee I'm thirsty. And then you go straight to your bed. Yeah, like, yeah. I would do uh-huh. that a lot as a
4: kid. I would mm-hmm. always put pitch a tent on my parents' balcony on their bedroom. Yeah sleep there <laughs>
0: that's right yeah it always sounds like a good idea but it just doesn't end up that way guys today we have mr rob thomas on yeah we got a g- good one. Oh my goodness yes he's not an official boy band but he was a boy in a band yeah so counts. it counts of course it counts because you know we're again we're gonna run out of boy band members so we got to really start stretching out a little bit yeah but he's had such a great career started at the same time as we did 1995 orlando florida yeah I would say we're people really compared us. It, it was it hard was, to it was actually Matchbox differentiate. Twenty and Sync, for, you know, it wasn't Baxter and Sync. It was always no, Matchbox Metsbox Twenty and Sync. Yeah, it's like who's yeah. who. Like we can't tell them one. apart. No, uh-uh. they were great dancers. I know
4: for the longest time I thought you were, and we played great instruments. I thought your name was Lance space because you were the
0: bass I, well, player of Matchbox Twenty. I yeah, thought it's true. I thought it was just a stage name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we definitely went in different directions, and uh, they did quite well. Yeah, uh, he's—I
4: was just reading—he's sold—he's sold sold over 80 million records, including the ones he's
0: written. Woo! So that's a lot. That's good. Someone's got some good royalties coming his way. No, we're gonna ask him, Uh unless he got (laughs) screwed like everyone else did. I think he's good. I I think you've been doing it this long. You're gonna be making some good ASCAP deals there. Yes. Um, all right, so when we come back, we're going to have the only, the one and only, the only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's another Rod Taub is, uh, I think but it's not this Rob cool. Thomas. I don't know. It's a very rare name, yeah. I would think. Uh, Robert Kelly Thomas is going to be with us. massbox Box 20. Um, and I think, you know, it helped. I mean, in the late 90s, remember the Latin explosion happened? Yes. And then Smooth with Santana was oh right in God. the middle of that. I mean, that This is what was... solidified <laughs> Like the Latin influence on the music industry. And
4: all it took was a German-born American singer <laughs> <Yeah>. named Robert <laughs> Kelly Thomas. <Exactly.
0: laughs> we'll be right <laughs> back. Hey, L.A., Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, DiscoverLA.com is your gateway to everything L.A. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glimpse behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass signing off.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
7: How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Mr. Rob Thomas. Guys. (laughs) How are you? How you doing man i'm doing good it's been uh 500 been years a- since i've seen you yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah. great. I love it everything good where are you calling from
3: uh i'm in my studio here in new york
0: all right nice nice, nice. have you lived in new york long uh yeah about 25 years so 25 years nice yeah when i
3: met, when I met my wife we were like uh we lived on the bus for like three years yeah, you because know, it was yeah. the first record and kind of just going through all the first record stuff mm-hmm. and so when i got off the road i didn't live anywhere and we were together and she was from new york mm-hmm. so we moved into the city and we were there and then we moved up to westchester a while back
0: nice i love it that's when when my husband here michael by the way rob hello uh, hello. uh when we met i had i was moving from la to new york yeah. so a month after we met i'm like well this isn't gonna last but then somehow it did i think long distance really made <laughs> it did. the heart fonder as they say um, Alright, well let's get started, shall we? I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but we only have one hour with you. Alright, Robert Kelly Thomas, American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, best known for being the lead singer of rock band Matchbox 20. Thomas also records and performs as a solo artist with Lonely No More released in 2005. He had even more chart success. Now he has received three Grammy Awards for co-writing and singing on the 1999 hit Smooth by Santana, which was also his first song as a featured solo artist, and he's also been a songwriter writer for artists such as willie nelson mick jagger mark anthony pat green taylor hicks travis tritt daughtry that's some good names right there rob thomas welcome to the show hey man that's you know what we can leave
3: it right there good night right that's a good i was gonna ask
0: is that is all that true
3: Uh, yeah i mean all of it i i I think that we're we're smudging multi-instrumentalists yeah (laughs) well what's your favorite uh what's your favorite instrument to write on uh you know i love writing on the guitar right Mm-hmm. But I'm a limited skilled guitar player. Yeah. So eventually I wind up having to move over to the piano because like, I will hit a chord that I don't know. Right. And I, know where I want it to go and I know that I can find it on the piano because I'm a much better piano player.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Now, I know you were born in Germany because your dad was in the army. Uh, where right. in Germany were you born?
3: So in Landstuhl and uh, on the Rammstein Air, Air Base, you know, the, we heard a lot about that during, uh, you know, during pretty much any war, because that's right. where they. They take all of the soldiers yeah. when they're anywhere from anywhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's an, actually an Air Force base, but it's shared by the Army.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. We, because uh, in Sync, we started at uh, well, Orlando, obviously, first, but then we sure, moved yeah. to Germany and uh, you did the opposite. We went Germany to Orlando. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so what brought <laughs> exactly. y'all to Orlando?
3: Um, It's funny. Lou Perlman. It was so weird. Wait, no. no I, he did not. not. <laughs> like,
0: oh, no. Trust me. I would know if he put his. Like, this is fingers the first time y'all. you've ever heard this. <laughs> no,
4: I
3: mean. I think, you know, like mo- nobody's really from Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody winds yeah. up there.
0: So, yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: My, uh, for me, it was like middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom got a job in banking software at a company in Orlando. And so that's, we just happened to move there. So we just kind of happened to be there. And that's where the band started, but only because that's where I was, you know, when I graduated high school.
0: Yeah. Was it hard for you to move uh, to a different country at such a young age? No. So actually, I mean, I was like, Friggin' two Mm -hmm.
3: like i I left as a baby and then that was it so you don't really
0: remember too much of that yeah
3: exactly so i went straight from there to uh, fort jackson army base in south carolina Mm -hmm. where that's where my mom and dad lived and then my mom and dad got divorced when i was like two okay Uh, and so i was like in south carolina for a long time and then over to florida
0: yeah and i mean i've read where your childhood and teenage years were pretty difficult uh you know like so many artists uh, that we know you dealt with homelessness uh to abuse um and it's amazing to see where you are now with the rough start that you had um where did you find the drive to actually pursue music through all that
3: i mean i think you know there's always that point i think when you're going through stuff like that and at that, that young age too where you're yeah. you're kind of on the precipice of things going really really good or really really bad and so like i was kind of falling down the wrong Path, yeah. and I met musicians. You know, at a really young age. Like I think I was a freshman in high school; they were seniors. Um, but I just, I, it spoke to me in a way. Like my first band. I remember my first band. I think we were called Bondage. <laughs> yeah. Like I, we played we played, we, nice. we played like a pool party at a friend's house in <laughs> Florida. And I remember our first song was "I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight." Like that was yeah. the first song we played. And I was, hooked, man, I was just like, oh, this is great. And it was kind of it just spoke to me in a way that nothing else had and then yeah. I didn't really have any other skills and so I didn't really have a lot of backup plans so even when I started to kind of work in bands and take it seriously and you know and gig out on weekends and stuff I just started to make it where I would take any job that would never become a career yeah so I learned how to do everything in construction and everything in restaurants and everything you know delivering and making futons and like yeah. anything yeah. that I on a friday if i had to and then get a new job on a monday that's great
0: i um i've always wondered when you're with your first (laughs) band bondage which by the way did you name the group bondage i'm sure i did (laughs) yeah but it's still awesome it had to be me what music were y'all doing at that point was it still rock
3: i mean yeah it was it was like alt rock like the, the guy so the this guy, this guy named Keisal was the keyboard player. And he was kind of like the music Spengali of everything. He was the guy that kind of pulled everything together. He knew what he wanted to do. He was getting ready to go to Berkeley College of Music the next year. Um, and he came like straight from Italy. Like his family was straight from Italy. They barely spoke English. And so like he had this kind of cool European style. It was all Cavaricis before we knew what Cavaricis were. <laughs> nice. He was all like, uh, but but he brought over like Depeche Mode and all these other bands and all these alt bands, you know, and yeah. kind of turned me to the cure and, 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 you know, all of these different things. Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of the driving force behind it. I wasn't even writing yet. I was just singing these songs that he was writing.
0: Right. Now you, uh, Tab of the Secret was another band that you were in right before Matchbox 20. When did, when did Tab of the Secret start?
3: So I think that was probably like 92. Mm -hmm. Like that was when I was, I was starting to write songs and I wanted a band to play these songs that I was writing. Um, And that has, that had me, Paul and Brian all from Matchbox 20 were in that with two other guitar players. So that was kind of like the beginning mm. of everything. Yeah. And then we that band it's it's really interesting because you know, you know they tell you you have your whole your, your whole life to write your first record. And then the sophomore record is kind of the hard
0: record. Yeah. We have said you know, that several down. times on the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And so I lucked out in one way because we we had a huge litigious falling out with the with the guitar players in this band. And one of the the things that had happened you know I was kind of naive in a lot of ways like we all are at that age and I uh these guys were just I had written about a bunch of songs and these guys kind of walked in the room with these copyright papers and were like here just sign these and we all signed them and I didn't realize I was signing away all these songs that I had written oh, wow. to yeah. just into the band and so when things got really really bad and really contentious at the end I, I, except for 3 a.m. 3 a.m. was a song that I always felt close to because it meant a lot to me. It was like one of the first songs that I wrote that I really felt people should listen to. Mm -hmm. I I abandoned everything else, every other song that we had worked on. And I wrote that first Matchbox record in like a six month period. Like I put it all together and just, I didn't, I just didn't want the satisfaction of them, you know, me making a record. And then the best thing that happened because listening back to those original group of songs, they were dog shit. And yeah. you know I mean, like, yeah. there, there were, like I wouldn't be sitting here having a talk with you 27 years later yeah. if it's like my first, you know, entry into the world. Yeah,
0: no, I feel the same way, like with with the instinct guys, we did not get signed to America early because yeah. no one wanted to sign us. And I'm so glad they didn't, because if they listened right. to our first stuff there's no way people would have accept, accepted us we would have been dead in the
3: water yeah. i know it's so funny like there's a certain time where you you are better like you are showing promise at a certain age mm-hmm. but you're still kind of following oh yeah yeah of and course. you know and we had a chance and i say you and i back coming from what i call the last good time yeah. right of being able to kind of build that up privately yeah. like a mess get yourself better figure it out and then you control the point of entry to where people saw you and how they saw you and how you You brought that information out you know we could still do that at least until like 2000 you know we still kind of you could kind of control the way that you wanted to be
0: i mean it was really hard work you know it took forever to you know get a single out go to every radio station in the country and you know travel and get everyone to pay attention to you um but you're right i loved the fact that we were able to start small locally get the radio station in orlando to like us then see if anyone else outside that uh these days yeah a kid can put a song on TikTok and it blows up overnight but then they're like wait i don't even know who i am i don't know what my sound is what's coming yeah. next uh yeah so that can be and, yeah. and they're
3: not i mean a lot of those kids it's hard for them to find you know a live audience it's hard yeah. for them to to kind of embed themselves in, in that way that we were allowed to do yeah. yeah i mean it's so funny like how there's so much like i if i was young now and looking at the world, I would be amazed at the access that I had to my artists and right. and the freedom that I had to choose my entertainment and how I wanted to, to listen to it and what I wanted to hear and listening to bands that I never would have gotten to hear if it was only like these three places where you could find music. Yeah. But at the same time, there's so much happening at one time that it's, it's so hard. If you're young and you have a machine behind you, it's hard because the entire world is watching you from the jump. Yeah. The minute that you you yeah, that brands you with who you are Yeah. and if you're you know, like a, a young kind of independent band you have all these opportunities now that you wouldn't have had before but it doesn't there's nothing there to kind of boister you up so that you get to the next record and the next record yeah you- and that kind of progression the way it's supposed to happen
0: yeah well like you said i mean i think we were part of the last uh, great generation of music um before it just kind of got the you know the business got weird which every business does but you know our business really went through a, a change in the late 90s early 2000s with how we listen to music how people get signed you know back then labels actually developed artists but now they're just pr firms um what's the major thing that you've noticed and the last you know, 25 years of what has changed just for you personally in the music industry? Well, I mean, I think one of the
3: things is, is how exponentially quick it starts to change, right? It, yeah, in yeah. the sense, like what, like I remember when we first came mm-hmm. out having the conversation whether or not we thought we needed a website,
0: mm-hmm. right? Let's yeah. Yeah, yeah. just wait and see. <laughs> like, uh-huh. is this gonna take off? I don't like, know. Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: totally. Yeah. I mean, like having these conversations because when mm-hmm. we started out, it was like your press kit for labels was you had a folder and it had like a cassette inside of it and some flyers, some yeah. gigs that you've done and maybe a couple of bumper stickers, you know, yeah. for swag. And then that, <laughs> and you would give that to labels and that's what they were used to getting.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Um, and so, and it took like, you know, a decade for that to kind of change into like, oh, we're going to do things online. But then it took like three or four years to like, oh no, we're only going to purchase music online. Then it took only like three years. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we're not, we're not going to purchase music at all. Mm-hmm. We're just going to listen to it online. Yeah. Now, like we're, I... I'm having conversations with my label about the fact that they're disappointed because my record, our record, the last matchups record sold really, really well physically, Mm -hmm. but it's not streaming well. And I think it was five years ago where they were just like, I just, you know, everybody's listening online, but we gotta get those numbers up. Like there was a complete change within like a four or five year period where now I went into the same president of our label and she's like really just thinking about algorithms. Like this is the algorithm, this this is what's gonna search better. This is what, you know, and it's not, I try to not be the you know the old guy like oh back mm-hmm. in my day yeah <laughs> but-, <laughs> but it's so fast it gets harder to to wrap your head around you know and so my son's 25 years old he has a band right now called the Lucky uh, he graduated from Berkeley College of Music nice. and he is way more equipped for this new world than I am yeah you know like he understand yeah. you know what he understands what he's doing with TikTok and he understands why that matters right you know.
0: And I think it's a it's a good balance. You know, it's taking the new and paying attention of what is happening, algorithms, that type of stuff, but also bringing just that old school look at, at music and what really works because, yes, numbers are numbers, but you can't quantify feelings, you know? And I think a lot of the times people – you know, it is right now as a songwriter i think look how songwriting changed in the last 20 years uh you know back in our day you know one or two songwriters great now there's 20 20 writers to one major song um, yeah. you know one person will do like half of the b-verse this will do the last you know it's it's like Frank and <laughs> it's frankenstein together sure. yeah. um do you think that is fair once <laughs> first <laughs> off and uh and and as a songwriter. Are you taking care of these days with numbers and all that, you know, what we're doing with the SAG strike. all the actors are trying to get a piece of what they deserve. So are writers and has music caught up to that? No, I mean, yeah. I think you've, I'm sure
3: you've been a part of this, you know, when you go every year with ASCAP or BMI and you do the March on Congress to try and, you know, talk about the exact same, you know, term limits yeah. that, that that every artist has had since the beginning of the music industry, like since the sixties. Yeah. Whereas every other entertainment industry has kind of changed what, you know, what their contracts are. They they turn it like seven year terms. We don't have any of those things. And then all of this was happening while streaming became the number one way of listening to music. And there was not one consideration for artists. You know, like I remember when when labels hated working with Spotify. And now they love it because they get a really good chunk of everything on Spotify. But nothing's been worked out for the artist. And so if you're a performing writer, you're a little bit better off because you have those performing royalties. But in truth, like, I remember sitting with the guys from ASCAP and going through like, Smooth was a good example because it was like one of the most streamed songs yeah. of the decade or whatever. And even with those numbers, if you were the other writer that wasn't the performer and you and all you had was your writing credit, I think he had made like $16,000 from streaming. Wow. It was like wow. nothing, we're, we're like, you know, it would have been in millions and millions. Like he should be able to, Pays kid's college.
0: right? Yeah. Exactly. But now because
3: there's no considerations for streaming,
0: wow. you know, as
3: a writer and purely a writer, uh, you know, those those guys, it, it makes it where well, I can't understand the incentive now to want to be a writer. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's especially, why if you're yeah. Like Benny Blanco or somebody, if you're going to write with their track, you're going to automatically get 50% of that track. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the only way that you're going to do it because as a writer, he realizes he's going to bring a lot to the table, but he's not going to get a lot out of it.
0: Right, right, right. I know. It's uh we have a, it's it's funny how you know I'm in the film and television and I'm in music and just comparing the two there's a lot of similarities but I do think music is always behind. It's yeah. <laughs> so always just a little- I mean, we are like
3: in some ways and I, and I say this and I I say this I think more as an ambassador to everyone who's coming up and the people who haven't maybe had as many lucky breaks as I've had. Mm-hmm. Because I I mean I've done well. I'm here in this really nice house in Westchester so I'm not complaining. But on the overall picture take me out of it it's always been like my wife says that there's you know there's a certain gravitas for all the entertainment industry and then music even though it's the driver of so much mm. is like the bastard son of the entertainment I know, industry. it's so true I kind of left behind and get yeah. the scraps well. uh, and,
0: and try being in a boy band in the music industry yeah, where right. you're like the pariah of the music industry oh yeah it's like <laughs> can you i mean can you
3: imagine like right now the movies start to you know show just a small crack in the facade Mm -hmm. and everybody starts to come to arms like we must protect the movies we must protect the movies Mm -hmm. and then like a while back someone said you know i just don't understand why we need to pay for music at all and everybody was like yeah you know i get that that's totally true i think it should be free i think the whole world should have it Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah but you know what about
4: yeah, the person time? that made it? Like <laughs> you
3: know, mortgages and things like that. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: I mean, I love art too. Maybe we should just have free art, right? Yeah, exactly. You give all your art away for free, Mike.
4: Yeah, let's go yeah. to Sotheby's. Let's have a free for all. <laughs>
0: Hey, L.A., Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, DiscoverLA.com is your gateway to everything L.A. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glimpse behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass signing off.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
0: okay so in 96 uh you released your debut album yourself or someone like you uh on the same day that the record label folded yep. uh it only sold a few That's... hundred copies so what did you guys feel like at that moment yeah. where did you think your career was gonna go when you're I like mean, what, label are, folded? I
4: mean, what are the odds your album coming out and then folding this wow
3: and everybody was getting uh, dropped it yeah. was online because i think it was like bands wow. like stiv i think who me sugar ray kid rock mm-hmm. and edwin mccain Mm. like the four that they that stuck around and everybody else got dropped yeah. and we kind of folded into Atlantic mm-hmm. um one hand we kind of thought our career was over obviously yeah because also we had a song out called long day and it was underperforming so that didn't help the situation
0: yeah
3: and we uh there was another part of us though that was like we had sold 612 records and we
0: thought wow we never sold 600 I records know. in a week that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you sell those those many CDs at a concert, you're like, yeah. That's I know. Great. Exactly. That's, that's amazing. That, that takes like a
3: month to work of, of shows. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we so we were we were sweating it out, and we were still out playing. You know, we 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 had been since way before the release. You know, in the van and trailer, playing every shitty little club. Mm -hmm. it was funny because you you think that the deal is to get the record deal like that's your main goal this this aspiration that you have and you realize that you just have to now do the exact same work but harder and over like the entire exactly starting all the way over but you don't really have any money because all that money you got from the advance goes back into the product right Mm -hmm. so like that went back into a van and trailer and that went back into paying salaries and gear all the stuff that it took so like we didn't really have money Mm -hmm even though we had had this advance yeah. we're traveling around playing the nobody. Um, and so I literally, so for us, there was a station in Birmingham, Alabama and a program director named Dave Rossi. So back in, it, you have to imagine that it's a time where radio stations could play songs because they liked them, right? There was no computer kind of telling you what the playlist has to be. Yeah. There's no unified front. It was just a dude who was like, Oh, I like this song yeah. push. And he just started playing in a lot in Birmingham and it became like the number one song in Birmingham oh. and we're playing all to, to all these empty places and get mm-hmm. to the five points music hall and there's a line around the block wow. and that was like it was like a film in, in that way and that from that moment on yeah. every week the exponentially just got bigger and bigger and bigger and we're starting to like see these numbers mm-hmm. and then you're like people are having these conversations about you when you're not in the room you know? and that felt good uh and so then we from that point on it was a pretty good steady success, but it was, it was touch and go at the beginning there.
0: And like we were saying before, that's what I call the wave, right? You, you know, uh, one town a song will start blowing up and then the wave starts and it just starts growing yeah. and growing and you just follow that wave you ride yeah. it uh so by the time you get you know if it starts on the east coast and you get to the west coast you've ridden it for like six months like finally you know you can see the height of the song go up and down all the way across the country it's it's a fun thing to see, but i don't know if that happens these days.
3: <laughs> it's day. like almost 30 years later the one thing that stayed consistent is the place where we seem to do the least is our hometown.
4: Always. Like, always.
3: Where, like, we don't even go to Orlando anymore. Yeah. Because we don't sell enough like to, you know, we can go to Tampa mm-hmm. and sell 26,000 seats, you know, at the amphitheater. Yeah. But we sell 9,000 in Orlando.
0: What is that? Because same thing. I mean, with every band that I've talked to, the same thing. Uh, yeah or in Orlando, we, that was the least visited concert ever was always Orlando. We would do Tampa, right. Fort Lauderdale. Uh, we know we do Orlando every once in a while, but yeah, like if no one really cared and maybe just cause they know you so well, but I also feel that way yeah. in LA too. LA is always the worst show too, because everyone's a little too industry and you know, they're just too cool. has always
3: been pretty good, especially mm-hmm. considering that we're, you know, a nineties band. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it got better, like with the nostalgia.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. you
3: know, there's definitely a sense of like, you know, people because now it's it's a lot of those people that came because those people that were our age, my age, anyway, they're like in their seventies now, yeah. and their kids are coming and their grandkids are coming, mm-hmm. and so there's like this kind of a different kind of a resurgence that's yeah. That,
4: oh that's, yeah,
3: so like well, now on the last run
0: and it and it's so great. I'm not and, in Orlando. Yeah,
3: not, yeah not, not, not in Orlando. Orlando no. uh,
0: but it, it's fun to see this resurgence because one, I constantly feel like I'm just 21 years old at all times, and I can't believe it's not 1999 anymore. <laughs> right. um, but uh, the resurgence, especially of Push, right now. Uh, I mean, Ryan Gosling has you know has covered your your song, and uh, I thought did a. Re- to me, this the performance from Ryan was. You know how like impersonators impersonate Cher. I think okay. this was his version of like really trying to impersonate you yeah. in like the most exaggerated everybody possibility. Everybody who
4: impersonates me impersonates so
7: Cher.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's
3: like, That's what we shared. said. We're
4: like, this is. Cap
3: yeah. had a baby. Like everybody. Yes. And, I, and I understand too, because like, especially like that first record, I was, I yeah. was, had a deep Southern accent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there was a lot of like, her, her, you yeah. know, that going
4: on. Was that um, Cher? Cher, uh, sure, <laughs> is that you? Oh my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, <laughs>
4: (laughs) it's
3: funny everybody does that like it it's it was such it was so earnest Uh it's kind of like yeah uh, Yeah. and i uh i mean honestly i don't know like if i have a bigger crush on the male or female lead Mm -hmm. in that yeah and just to see just to see that face sing my words come out of that mouth Uh, i was yes yes i love uh, it would y'all
0: ever Official record a duet of this?
3: <laughs> that would be amazing. I would do anything he asked me to. Get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He told me, uh, that I that I'm still awaiting. He that he asked for my home address because he wants to send a present to my house. Oh well. Oh my God, that's awesome. We'll
0: a to, uh, maybe it's present. Uh, maybe it's because you know he sent Greta Gerwig uh, for her birthday uh, a flash mob to her exercise class. <laughs> what? <laughs> so maybe it might be a flash mob. <laughs> Just be, be watching out for that. <laughs> That would be amazing.
7: I I think a lot of people forget that he has
0: a great singing voice. I mean, he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, So, I mean, people forget that he was a singer first before Mm -hmm. going into
3: acting. That's true. That's right. He was, like, right there with Justin and everybody right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Justin and JC
4: and Britney.
0: The fact that Disney does not bring back the the freaking Mickey Mouse Club, because they used to bring it back every 20 years, right? Well, it's been way past 20 years. The talent that came from there, why would you not – bank on just redoing that show to create the next super you group know, of talent like it's people.
3: true because like you know if you arguably like if you think about all of the, the the years at American Idol there's only been a handful of people that yes. have really
4: yeah. that barrier mm-hmm.
3: the voice with the most famous judges of all time I don't know they've ever really broken no mm-hmm.
4: and Solid the best artists. talent but yeah they don't break any artists
3: yeah. I'm sure you get this guys because if you ever spend any time in Australia and you know about any of these Australian uh, actors. Every one of them was either on a show called Neighbors, yes, or on a show called Home and Away, yes. And two of the worst fucking uh, soap <laughs> operas you're ever going to see in your they're, life. They're horrible. It's an hour of like two people sitting in a room having a cigarette. But every if you, if you name a famous Australian actor or actress. They they came out of that right there like that's yeah. that's what Mickey Mouse Club could continue to be.
4: 100.
3: It's true. Like Kylie well,
4: Minogue started yeah, exactly or like the <laughs> East
0: in England. Like I feel like oh East in England. Yeah. Uh, as a te- looking back, as a, you know, a teenager, would you have ever auditioned for a show like Mickey Mouse Club? Would that have been your your cup of tea? No, I don't think so. Right. I mean, because I was, I was never. For me, it was all about
3: writing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
3: I was, I I overcame my fear of like being in front of people so that i could sing the songs that i wrote mm-hmm. and i always kind of felt like now if if i couldn't find a career at this i'll just go away quietly you know like i'm not going to wind up on dancing with the stars and i'm not going to wind yeah. up you know mm-hmm. somewhere else trying to keep it out in the spotlight mm-hmm. because i only want to be known for the thing that i do yeah. mm-hmm. you know? and i was also driven by like that need, I, you know i was I didn't know where I was gonna go. I didn't have any other options. like I was just driven by this need, and then the songs like they kind of like it was a snake eating its own tail. It was the need created the songs and then the songs created the opportunity and then you know it just became so much about that that like I just didn't have i didn't I, I never had enough self-worth yeah. to, to be like, oh, I'm gonna try out for something and get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what made you feel that you had uh, that you were worthy? was there a moment you're like okay i'm good at this
3: no i mean i'm still working with my therapist on that yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> We're, we all are yeah, yeah I mean, that's, you
3: know, that's a hard work worthy is a really hard thing mm-hmm. because you're i think if i equate the amount of work that i've done you know i think that if you you know i've worked really really hard and so there's a certain amount of deservedness that you have because you mm-hmm. put the, the hours in mm-hmm. um, i think that i'm a good songwriter uh, i'm plagued constantly by great songwriters you know but like it, it, like waking up one day and just hearing something that i'm just like it looks like math again even mm-hmm. though it's just yeah. a verse and a chorus but for some reason it's like some sort of weird math that i can't yeah. get my head around it's just so it's just so beautiful like when when uh lord came out with royals
4: no oh, that was i crazy.
3: mean you could break it down to its parts and you know exactly what it is but it sounded like an alien just coming out of the you know because right. it was so perfect about it yeah. uh I mean, maybe that's the idea too. Is just never. It should always be a false horizon that you never quite get to because then you're always kind of trying yeah. to chase it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's true. Would well, you remember the first song you ever wrote? Yeah,
3: it was. Well, I think it was a song called "How Long Can a Dream Last," and I think it was actually. Do you remember the when the rock star guy Jamie something came on to Melrose Place?
0: Oh uh, yes, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> You which had, is weird because i i was more of a 90210 guy but i do remember yeah. this yes
3: <laughs> I, well that was i thought was like you know as, as we were getting older and we just started to maybe outgrow because I'm, I'm a little older than you mm-hmm. but like as we started to outgrow 90210 yeah our space was like oh we're here for you come on yeah, over yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: it was like they
4: graduated
2: they got, they
0: got yeah. hit a
4: yeah.
3: single called how do you talk to an angel do you know oh, that yeah well
0: because when we all when, when an we all started that was the song that was out because i remember when we lived in germany jamie would you know, do all the radio shows with us and all oh, that. And we always thought he looked, I think he was a little like Chris Kirkpatrick a little bit at the time. What was it? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So basically, it was that song. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. I was, it took me forever like all the songs I wrote were just bad versions of Lionel Richie songs, right? Yes. Like, I was trying to like write love songs to pick up girls because I was a weird kid mm-hmm. and I didn't really fit in. Like, I, I got along pretty much with a lot of groups, but I didn't fit yeah. in.
0: Them, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, so, I would like go to these you know, like house parties in, in high school when like somebody's parents would go to town and just we would, you know, just ascend onto the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have like if they had a piano in the house, I had a copy of the Lionel Richie greatest hit songbook on me.
7: And so, At that, like,
3: it's, I would say, like, the, all the jocks would like drink and pass out, mm-hmm. and they would leave me with all their girlfriends, nice. and I would just playing like Lionel Richie songs, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Just trying to, you know, <laughs> do my thing. That's and yeah. like years, years later I ran into Lionel Richie at a at a hotel
0: mm-hmm.
3: and I came over to him I was like, Man, listen, you know, I just want to say hi. And and he was really nice and generous. And and I said, You know, I gotta tell you, your your songs have gotten me so laid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes and he goes, me
0: too. <laughs> I mean, imagine, just imagine that how much amazing. sex Lionel has created in this world because it <laughs> a is analogy. a lot. There's a lot of babies out there <laughs> exactly. because of you, Lionel. <laughs> a lot. And you forget how incredible Lionel is. We just saw him at the iHeart uh, Festival last year, two years ago. Oh, yeah. And I mean, love Lionel, right? But when, when I saw him, I was sucked back in. I'm like, oh my God, yes, this is why you're a legend. I mean, so many yeah. songs. What other legends do you love? Like what, what, what inspired you?
3: Um, well, I mean, you know, when I, so when I was growing up, I was in, in South Carolina in the deep South. So it was like Willie Nelson mm-hmm. and Waylon Jennings and Conway Twitty and like all these kind of like country storytellers. Yeah. Right? There was something about like these guys, they lived these really hard lives. You know, they were drinking and fighting and fucking and doing drugs. And, mm-hmm. but then they wrote these beautiful songs about it you know it's just a weird you know dichotomy of these of these two yeah. worlds and uh then when i moved to florida and i was in like middle school high school it was that second english invasion so it was all of these mm-hmm. alt bands that were coming over from mm-hmm. you know from london and we were all anglophiles for a second and like and then it was all about that for a while yeah and then you know i went through the punk phase it was all like black flag and dead kennedys so it's kind of like these different, you know, phases of my life, but the consistence, no matter what I was listening to, were like Lana, Richie, Elton, John, Billy, Joel, uh, Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. I was always one. And I mean, Willie and Willie stayed there as well. The stones, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. It was all, It still just stayed centered around songwriters
0: for me. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, I, yeah, you're definitely in this picture. Remember the Grammy picture we took with, I think Dave LaChapelle, um, Oh yeah, we had it was it. the big like it was tr MTV TRL put all their Grammy nominated artists together in one picture. It was the only time they did it oh, because yeah. it was impossible to get all us together. um But yeah, you you guys were there, I believe. I think yeah. everyone was I, in there. I picture. was in there. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, there was Matchbox during that time because yeah. that was yeah,
0: yeah. It was, yeah. was two thousand, I believe.
4: it was yeah, like yeah, Diddy and J Lo and Britney, like and the four Lenny Destiny's Kravitz. Child girls before
0: Destiny went to three. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was yeah, that was a. It was a it was a, a very it was a fun day, but i i, I need to put that picture up. It, was used, it was used to be in your office. Oh well, I don't have an office
4: anymore. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that was a that was a fun day. When do you remember the moment you found out you were Grammy nominated for the first time?
3: Yeah, I remember uh, my, my my manager calling me and saying, I mean, you know, like we everybody knew that that Supernatural was going to be a big
0: oh, nominated. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of the reason the Latin, you know, music exploded in the late '90s. Well,
3: I think we were like a second wave, right, of yeah. an explosion because yeah. it was it was post Ricky Martin.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little after, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Ricky. He came
3: out. That was that oh, started yeah. it right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- at the Grammys. Yeah, we're like, who is yeah. this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, that being amazing. Um, yeah, but I think you know there was a lot of really good songs that year. So when it came to songs, it was kind of you know, and again, like you just never really kind of put yourself in that thing. I mean, you mm-hmm. guys have been there before, but I'm sure that when it first started to happen, you're like, well, well it's not gonna be us. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you really did think, well, it's a pleasure to be nominated. You know, you're like, oh, it's just nice to be in the conversation.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, we're still saying that after nine nominations. I'm just but saying.
3: It felt, like, yeah, yeah, never won anything either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it felt, it felt really good. And, and what's funny is, you know, me and Carlos then, we were pretty tight.
0: Mm-hmm. but so did now, y'all know each other before smooth or did smooth put know, y'all no, together?
3: during that whole year you know yeah, like yeah. recording and doing all the promo and we did all mm-hmm. these you know filming together so we had spent a lot of time together yeah um but now it's funny like I, he texted me five minutes ago like oh, yeah. year, oh, yeah. and he just sends me like songs that he's listening to or new stuff that he's working on or like pictures of him from the road you know like like we'll like we're just two old men <laughs> you know, I, like, <laughs> each other. our wives are making fun of us because we're, like, up on the road. Uh, so what, what are you up to? And he's like, I just fucking burned Chicago to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love That's that. That's awesome. Would we ever see you guys uh, doing a tour together in the future? We talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah. That'd so I mean, cool. That would be so cool. I mean, our that we have is that neither one of us
3: wants to play first.
0: Oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do the whole Jay-Z, Beyonce thing. They did it.
3: Yeah. Well, I, t- like, I also said that I will, I'll play first cause it's Carlos. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. you know, I'll come out and
4: and, yeah.
3: and play first, but then Carlos is like, yeah, but I need my two hours. And I'm like, yeah, but I need my two hours. Like <laughs> we can do a four hour show. So we're thinking that maybe one offs, but the next mm-hmm. move is to maybe do a record together.
0: Oh, like yeah. you know,
3: what we never really did was take a record, like write a whole new record of all originals and then mm-hmm. put it out, you know, oh. and, but not just like 12 smooths, but mm-hmm. you know, Try and see I, what it sounds like. Yeah. So we talk
0: about a, lot, a lot. That would be so incredible, and the timing is perfect. I mean, now is the moment. You know, it's like uh everyone is just really wanting to feel good again. You know, and go back yeah. just a few years where it was felt felt safe, and you make people feel safe. Uh, I mean, and- I'm
3: like, I'm like a fucking hug. Yeah, you are a hug.
0: You are a great hug. <laughs> <Nice> hug. <laughs> um, So this also uh, gave Matchbox 20 some more visibility ahead of the second album. Uh, and you also changed the name to Matchbox 20, uh, spelling out 20. Uh, why'd you do that?
3: I mean, it was more of a joke.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah.
3: I, mean, I mean, we just, we just like We started liking it spelled out. It looked classier to us, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we joked that we I were like that. tired of being compared to bands like like Blink-182, Like,
4: yeah, I was about to say that, yeah,
3: you know. Um, and but then people didn't get the joke. I remember like opening up Entertainment Weekly or something, and there was like a we were the the like the the dick of the week or whatever they call it, you know. Uh
4: Yeah, they're
3: like, and the guy was just like, How dare they think they would ever be compared, you know. It was a, that was the joke. We we changed our name from Matchbox Twenty to Matchbox Twenty. Like that was the that was the joke.
0: <laughs> I love that. That is so great. Well, in 2004, <laughs> uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame awarded you with the first Hal David Starlight Award. Um, Hal David, for those that don't know, is a prolific songwriter. Um, I mean, name some songs. I mean, he did so much, like Dionne Warwick, and I mean everything.
4: Walk on by. I mean, pretty I mean, much everything that. I mean, for, for decades, decades he wrote Black songs. Crack. Yeah, he was,
3: like he was the Bernie Toppin.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bert. You know, so,
3: the way that yeah. was to Elton, he was that for for Bert. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, when you knew you were going to get this uh, this award, what went through your head? Because I mean, you are a songwriter first, and I can imagine yeah. you know the Hall of Fame, Songwriting Hall of Fame, you know, honoring you with this huge award. I mean, it, you must have gone back to when you were a twelve year old and be like, oh my god, I did it. I yeah, I remember.
3: It. Like I was, it was, it was the the best thing since Matchbox Twenty won their first jammy
0: yeah wait what's I mean,
3: a jammy do I know a jammy uh, uh, it was like orlando magazine in orlando the the rag the, huh. the was jam magazine okay and so like and every year they would have the jammies which is like the local
0: band uh-huh. and
3: they, and, and cool. they, it was like a big deal dude they held it at the tupperware center oh, so okay. it, was, it was you know pretty fucking that's, that's legit that is yeah, legit dressed up for that
0: yeah uh, we were never nominated for for a jammy no jammies no, you guys no. vote on the no, jammies we did we did um,
3: <laughs> But uh, so, no, I mean, that was obviously that was very cool because I was in a room full of people that, you know, songwriters are a funny breed because some of them we all know. And then some of the most famous ones you wouldn't recognize on the street, but Mm -hmm. we would, you know, so like you said, they were like Mickey Newberry and all these people. And you're just like, wow, this is, you know, these are my people. So that felt
0: pretty good. Looking back at uh, your career thus far, is there a moment that just really sticks in your head? You're like, ah, that, that, that is my favorite moment.
3: Um, I mean, there was something beautiful about the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. you know, the van and trailer time, like yeah. right at that Sally fields. They like me. They really like me. You yeah. know. Uh-huh. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Um, uh-huh. but the cheesiest answer of all, I mean, like I, like we just got off the road and we got along, we had the longest tour we've ever had. We got along better than we've ever gotten along. We played to bigger oh. numbers than we've ever been playing to. Mm-hmm. Um, so i mean maybe it's now you know i mean yeah this ability to like work and do my solo thing and then be able to to work on the matchbox thing and the fans being generous enough to let me go back and forth Mm -hmm. and kind of be patient with me and 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 being open whatever it is i have to say in in either place yeah we have to say you know in the case of matchbox like i think there's something you know you put so much into something at the very very beginning the hope is that you're putting equity into the future Mm -hmm. and so i kind of feel like you know anything that you and i did that that was happening where you were a part of the national conversation for a minute like mm-hmm. that was you buying that currency that you could spend later on
0: 100% yeah. so, yeah.
3: no matter where you are so even if like maybe we're not a part on you know of every conversation now mm-hmm. it, we're just kind of there and we're so exactly. and we and we have an initiated group of people that care about
0: yeah. What you mm-hmm. say. yeah and it's called I, being an icon people. rob it's being an icon
3: <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I, what I was going to I was, I, I was
0: say demigod, but yeah. I mean, tomato, it. tomato. Really. But it is true. I, I say a lot of times my favorite moments were the beginning because it was that that hustle and that fight. And yeah. it really bonded you with your brothers. And, you know, you were all in it together, just trying to prove to everyone like we deserve to be here. Yeah. And then I can only imagine years later when, you know, you've, you've established that fan base and you kind of do whatever you want. That now you tour for different reasons, you know, you're grown up, y'all have kids, you know, you just you just look at life differently. Um, I can imagine it goes a little smoother this this time yeah. around.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody, nobody is as <clears throat> precious about you know mm-hmm. their ideas as they used to be. It's, yeah. it's not, yeah. if I don't get these out now. Then we're all, you know, then the world's going to end, or you know, even worse, my idea is the only idea that counts. Yeah, you know that yeah. kind of mentality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like when you guys what year what year would you say like was the the year that it broke for you guys?
0: Um uh, well in America 1998. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Cause I remember going overseas and seeing you guys, but also seeing a lot of
3: of, of, of boy bands and, and singing boy, gr- like singing groups out there. Yeah.
0: Oh, there were 500.
3: And I, and I remember like going back and they, they hadn't broken the stage yet at all. Like it yeah. was
0: no. barely. There was no such thing as the word boy band in the States. Yeah. And they, no one knew what that was. Yeah.
3: I mean, the closest yeah. thing had been like boys to Men or something, right? It was yeah. like, I mean, that's exactly. who we all
0: idolized. Yeah, yeah. Or like New Kids so the decade mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier. New Kids was, I guess, the last official, I mean, yeah. you would call them up because they, you know, sang and danced and they're, you know, yeah, white kids are. without instruments. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's I mean yeah I guess I I like singing group better than I like boy band.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Well, we all do, but we're <laughs> it's a to, more dignified. We're trying to take the name back. Yeah, that's you, what, you know, it back. Yeah, and I'm it's just... fun. And the reason I started this show is I wanted to bring all these fandoms together, and we're definitely uh, you know expanding uh who all can be a part of the boy band world and now we're just like you know any dude in a band you you know we consider you in the boy band family boys to men right. and we have you know everyone is now just a part of this family and we're all having a good time
3: <laughs> well, i remember man i remember like one year i mean we were i think it was the grammy's or it could have been an mtv music awards yeah. they all kind of run together but and you guys it was one of the places where you guys were doing friday night yeah and i remember like my wife and i are just on our feet just fucking hands okay. in the air but I also looked around, and so were everybody else. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like there, were, there were rockers, there were rappers. You know, like, I would look at and see, you know, like, fucking Dave Grohl, just like, fucking.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, there was a sense of community there that I thought yeah. was kind of. Yeah. You know,
0: it you know, is like, great. I remember that was like the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah. It didn't
3: feel that like cutthroat. It didn't feel, it's you know, It's true. Like, It was just this moment where you just like, you see all these people from all these different genres, but everybody was just kind of like in for the moment. Yeah, it's true.
0: I'm seeing that right now with Taylor Swift. Uh, You know, it's like we're we're at that moment again where there's an artist. I'm not not familiar. Uh, Well, there's this new artist. She's up and coming. Uh, She's, Uh, you know, she's a country singer. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> she, has she has a prom- She has a promising future. She has a promising. No, but with Taylor, it just reminds me of those sync days where you just look around and yes, there's a lot of you know girls and teenagers and they're having the best time. But there's all walks of life. There's like these dudes and you know like parents that are just freaking out over Taylor just as much as their kid, just having the best time. Um, and then,
3: and- so I'm sure a handful of problematic dudes as well. well of course. <laughs> oh yes. yeah. There, yeah, yeah, there that, were a
4: few. I was yeah, me. No, yeah, <laughs> I was sitting next to one boyfriend who just was sitting down the entire time on his phone. But you could clearly tell clearly there. you could girlfriend. tell
0: he really wanted to get into it, but was just you yeah, who's trying to be cool? cool. Yeah, 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 he kept yeah, looking, yeah. kept, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kept peeking. We traded bracelets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you traded <the> friendship <laughs> bracelets. We have friendship bracelets. Okay, you got
3: them.
0: <laughs> who do you think uh, is doing it right right now? Who's one of your favorite artists? Mm-hmm
3: i mean doing it right is obviously taylor swift i think i mean Mm -hmm.
4: can't
0: get more right than her right now Um, there's a new
3: artist uh her her name is just rosie and she's just really about to come out she's a beautiful 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 writer um i really like i'm a big like i love like florence and the machine
0: Mm -hmm. and i
3: love like uh, nathaniel waitliff um i love my morning jacket yeah okay I guess i guess everybody i like is still over 40. <laughs>
0: yeah. well you know we got our likes you know um now you released the album where the lights Go." Uh, uh where the light goes uh the first uh, matchbox 20 album in over a decade uh right. back in may what's it like making music and performing with the guys 20 years later
3: i mean it's been easier yeah like we were we kind of thought at some point that we were done making records mm. like i was making solo records pop kyle's been working solo stuff Paul has been doing film scoring and television scoring oh yeah Um, and so we were all kind of doing these own things and we kind of thought well maybe every few years we'll get together we'll tour and maybe put out a song and that'll Mm -hmm. just kind of be what we do and then so we're gonna go out in 2020 and then you know in 2020 and 2021 and then
0: I don't remember that year what happened (laughs) yeah it's a blur uh, (laughs)
3: 2022 everybody was kind of going out but I wasn't ready yet my wife was still not well and Kuki, our bass player, was not feeling well. He had had some immune problems. And so that was the year that we felt bad because we knew that other people were out and it was it was kind of just us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when we decided, well, let's just, if we're going to, we were going to work all summer anyway, so why don't we get together and make a record? Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of was born out of that. Um but it was super easy. Like we didn't really have a lot of pressure on it. We started off, well, let's let's just put some songs together. I had took some songs that I was going to work on and my, the, I had a solo record kind of all planned out with Atlantic. It was going to come out right after the tour. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of put a hold on that and took some of those songs and we all just kind of started throwing in songs. And it turns out we had a record easy. We just had to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of, you know, it was just a different thing. Like it wasn't that weird, we're all going to, you know, move in like a boot camp and live in a studio for six months and, you know, bleed this record out and, you know, and hurt for it. It was yeah. kind of like, we're all going to get together every couple of weeks. And, you know, sometimes it'll be the two of us and sometimes the two of us and sometimes the whole group and, you know, and then we're going to do stuff in our own studios at home and just kind of build it up. And it was like, oh shit, it's done. Look at that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, of your entire discography, um, I think it might be 3 a.m. because you talked about this earlier, but what is, what are you most proud of writing?
3: man I, that's a hard I mean, that's a hard thing i think 3am i we give a lot of credit too because it was the first song that i thought was a good song that it wasn't mm. just like i wasn't writing from the outside in. i was writing from the inside out yeah yeah um, so that's and that was a song that like paul heard and that's what made him answer this ad in the paper to come be our drummer at the time oh, wait,
0: that's how okay so yeah how did I, uh, I don't think i asked how did you all get together yeah how did you yeah i mean
3: him? me you know pookie was in was with us from the very beginning. He was had just graduated from U um, University of Miami and was living in Orlando, going to full sale in Orlando, Orlando. full sale. Yeah. And uh had joined he knew the two old guitar players. Paul answered an ad in a in the in Jam magazine. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. And he Little uh, did
4: he know. Drummer. That he'd uh, have a jammy there's gonna be
0: like a netflix series of uh yeah. <laughs> like a period piece of 1995 at jam magazine, jam magazine. In yeah yeah right it's like yeah.
3: it's like it's like a rolling stone only the stakes aren't quite so
4: high right? yeah 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 it's like a rolling like, we, gotta, we
3: gotta get that band. we can't
6: yeah. do it oh well
4: nah. <laughs> um, so great. you know
3: a funny thing is so paul though answered that ad he was our drummer in matchbox 20 for 12 years and then we fired our guitar player adam and then Paul became our guitar player. Now he's been our guitar player since like, uh, 2003 or something like that.
0: Yeah. Oh,
3: wow. So Which many years now our guitar player instead.
0: Wait, why'd y'all have to fire the guitar player? This wasn't working out. Yeah. yeah. He yeah I mean, we got like, to go.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, like we tried everything. The four of us were just, a, we were, we were a certain kind of single-minded unit and he just wasn't sharing any of the kind of stuff that we were, you mm-hmm. know, yeah.
0: Out. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have any particular like, uh, rituals or habits to get into that creative mindset?
3: I, uh, I mean, a little weed never hurts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lots of good writing on weed. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's always uh huh.
3: Yeah. I, I like it. You know, it's funny. I, so if I come, if I'm doing it in my studio, like I like to, to clean everything. Like yeah. I like everything to kind of be in a nice orderly place before I sit down at the piano and like, just start writing, you know, yeah. especially if I'm going to smoke a little weed because then I'll just start yeah. getting, like. That's <laughs> <everything like. Yeah. laughs>
0: now are you like OCD clean or just like, I just need things to yeah, order before. I, I think write.
3: it's a little, it's a little both. Yeah. I, uh, like one of the things is that I, you know, the writing for me is more, it comes at like really inconvenient times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually like you lay in bed and you're about to fall asleep. And this idea comes in and you know, that, yes. you know, you're not going to remember it. Like everybody always says a couple of misnomers, right? They always say, Hey, you're, the songs that, that come quickly are the, are the best ones, and that's not always mm-hmm. true. Sometimes yeah. it takes you forever to find that right chorus or that right next verse. You know the lyric, um, and also the idea that like if it's good, you're going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Like that's you got to record everything and it's voice so so- too.
4: Because mm-hmm.
3: yes. a, a lot of times, like you sit down and you write down an idea, like a lyric idea, but then you forget the melody that came with it, mm-hmm. and, it and it's it, it's useless without mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So like, sure, we all have just voice note after voice note after voice note after voice note of like I
4: insane yeah i know i mean lance pretty much every night lance like will wake up in the middle of sleeping and just pull out his because phone i say the same thing and and like typing things this out. is
0: such a great idea i'm definitely gonna remember tomorrow i don't need to go write it in my notes you never you know, I'm, remember but it. i'm like nope i will never remember this so i will like wake up put it have, in my notes like,
3: okay. like we're like you lay in bed and you're just so tired that you try and convince yourself it's not that good of an idea yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i don't I have i'm it.
0: like you know what it's good but like Am see. I really going to do something with this? Yeah. Do I really need to remember this? Oh, okay. I know. Well, and then well, the next day, I'll you get
4: real, down. then the next day, I thought of a really good idea, but
3: I can't remember it. It would have the next I, big hit. I've, I've had times where like, I'm not really, like, especially like if I have a couple, you know, glasses of wine and then mm. I go to bed, and I jump up really quick and I get on the voice note and I kind of forget my surroundings and I'm like, <laughs> my wife like, like, <laughs> just wakes up like the house is on fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um, I, since you're such a great writer, would you ever, Ever attempt to uh write a musical
3: yeah um it's funny uh i've been talking about that so oh. there's two, there's two things right now there's a a producer what the guy who directed jersey boys actually oh, yeah. and, and and i'm sorry, the guy who wrote jersey boys is writing the book for uh i guess it kind of it's a, it's a jukebox musical of mine and matchbox songs
0: okay um,
3: nice but it takes place and like it's a play within a play uh-huh. and it's kind of like this done like a like a greek chorus kind of it's you know it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. ambitious
0: yeah i love that because your songs are i mean you're a storyteller uh you do remind me and you can tell you grew up with country music because you know country just it's it's a story right and with all your songs like you just you really just lay out this beautiful like visual story that you can just see so i could definitely see your music being turned into a jukebox musical
3: yeah thanks man i mean you know there's a there's a there's a line in push it's 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 in the second verse like it says uh like don't just stand there say nice things to me Mm-hmm. And like, that's a very country kind of a line
0: yeah totally You know
3: what I mean? Like, because you can't mm-hmm. figure out another way to say it so you just kind of say it
7: yeah you know?
3: that's the best way to do it you know especially if you use a lot of if you use a lot of colorful language you know and a lot of metaphors and a lot of and then all of a sudden you throw in just very plain spoken something it, it really hits a lot harder I think yeah and that's country 101.
0: I love it um give us a frosted tip on what advice you would give to aspiring musicians today and this crazy music landscape,
3: I mean, I think again, my my understanding of the business world is probably not the best one to take it from. I think anybody over fifty is not necessarily because because I have great advice on how things used to be and how things used to work. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, but I would say that I still believe that no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're coming at it, the content you know matters. and I think, You know, if you're coming in and you're, you need to have a good song. Like my son's band is really, really good. They're a better band than I was at that age. But I, I, you know, I always tell them you just just need that one song. And the the funny thing is if you have the one song, these other songs retroactively will do better because they're Mm -hmm. followed by that one good song, you know, like these songs right now, you don't have to change anything about them and, and they might not be hits, but if you have this one hit they might become hits yeah. because yeah. all of a sudden they'll be looked at different they'll shine a different light on them or something i'm not sure how you look at it but yeah people so will you know, find the it song, yeah. The song the song the song is always is always yeah.
0: key in music and, anyway and then you have we that dreaded one. sophomore album and <laughs> like oh <Great>. man <laughs> <And> <laughs> i gotta follow it. up yeah uh,
3: yeah um, prove everybody wrong just take your take your album you're working on right now throw it out write another one
0: there you go and uh i always say you know for new artists uh don't worry about trying to win over the world um just try to win over your fan base like create that little fan base and it will grow if you're authentic yeah. um they will find you they will find you yeah, so I mean, just- can
3: you guys imagine like when you're starting out and you're doing well already right yeah. but then you look over and you see like you know fucking Nickelback or something and you're like you know I-, I want a little bit of that too and then all of a sudden you're like you're not Nickelback but you're not in sync and then like what are you you know because yeah. you're trying really hard to like chase after markets as opposed to like do what you do really really well yeah. And bring that initiated group of people in and then foster a relationship and love with them. And yes. it'll grow out from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nickelback. Oh, my gosh. That, that was another Orlando band. What <laughs> do you think? Where I think, they? yeah. Oh, I know. Chad lived in Orlando.
4: It's Canadian, right?
0: I don't know. But I know they lived in Orlando. I don't know why. But why do you think they got so much shit for a while there? Because <laughs> like, they were like one of they the still, biggest bands and then, like It's the joke about nickelback <laughs> i was glad
3: when they did because people left us alone like we
0: yeah. were <laughs> like that's fantastic
3: matchbox was nickelback before nickelback and so as soon as, <laughs> as soon as i come out, i'm like yeah fuck those guys
0: <laughs> so you started this
3: yeah uh, i mean i think uh, you know as well as anybody man like there's a certain level of success that once you achieve it you were you you're such an easy target yeah of
0: course you know yeah Yep. And it's as, as much as you're loved, you're going to be as hated as equally. Well, yeah, yeah In it's going to come with the territory. It's,
4: it's
3: easy for people to punch up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean?
0: yeah of course. Yeah. And so
3: they see that, and it's like they figure like there's no real harm to anybody there.
4: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with your son's band, it's the Lucky, right? Is your son's yeah. Yeah, band? Yeah, the Lucky. Um, how much influence did you have on this band? Like, how much are you helping him? Mm-hmm. Um, is this something that you loved for him to get into, or were you kind of like, I kind of hope you don't go into music and be a front man?
3: You know, I, I, I believed him enough to pay for Berkeley
0: yeah. for him to go to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good and day. by the
3: end of his four years, he just, he did all the right things with it. Mm-hmm. He he practiced all the time. He became such a phenomenal guitar player. He started to really become a gearhead. Like he just, you know, like he would go like to, you know, get a ticket to John Mayer and John, we'd go meet him at the gate and bring him back. And he would just like, geek out over John's rig. You know, uh, just, like, yeah. what is his pedal? And what is his, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm really, really proud of of the work that he puts into it, um, and he and he works really, really hard still. And so when he came out and he moved out to L. A. with his band, I think probably the worst parental advice, but the best advice to a young artist was I told him not to have a backup plan. You know, I was like, if this is what you're doing, go a thousand percent in, get yourself a good waiter gig, get something you know that's going to pay your bills, and then spend the rest of the time putting everything into the into the band and, and it's going to take a minute you know for that to pay off but it'll be it'll be worth it because i figure the worst case scenario is that i'll i'll have him on my couch for a little while when he's 30.
7: yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> you probably wouldn't mind that
4: yeah no, yeah i'll love our kids when
0: they're 30 to come oh, back yeah, home. Yeah. <laughs> all right let's get to some fan questions here well e498 already asked would you ever do a duet of push with ryan gosling and yes ryan give us a call i'm sure he's listening right now um all right how does it feel to have your son follow in your footsteps that's from Mary Beth. i mean we kind of touched on that but yeah, yeah i mean
3: so oh you know another fun fact about my son i have a private gig coming up in a couple of but then I have a few more coming up, and then I'm going to start on the new solo stuff, you know, after Matchbox gets back from Australia. When we do that, my son is actually going to be the guitar player in my solo band.
0: That's oh, that's great. awesome. And All talk right. about great experience, you know? Yeah, it's because-
3: amazing. He opened up, we just did the Hollywood Bowl, and he, his band opened up for us when we did the Hollywood wow. Bowl. Wow. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah our, our guitar player just got tired of being on the road. Yeah. and so i i called him up and asked him if he wants to take over so he's gonna he's gonna move into that spot so that's i
0: great. mean how proud of a dad were you to see your son opening up at the hollywood bowl yeah yeah wow. it was a, it's yeah. an
3: amazing feat
0: oh you my know, god it's, yeah, it's, for it's, anyone it's, it's,
3: by the way so in 30 years that was our that was the last box to check off right like we had yeah. done everything from the wilton to to uh, troubadour to staples center the forum yeah. You know, the Greek uh, back yeah. when they had a Universal Amphitheater. Like, we had played mm-hmm. all the good stuff, but we'd never done Hollywood Bowl.
4: Yeah.
3: Technically, he played it before I did.
0: Yeah,
4: he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did.
0: <laughs> There's, that is, again, like you, we played every venue but that. Uh, and I go to the shows there all the time, and I'm like, God, this will be so nice. That's it's a, cool a venue. magical venue. Magical. Really.
3: I can't believe it took us that long, but it, it, there is. There's something that was really beautiful and special about being there.
0: Yeah, we saw Dolly Parton there oh, uh, so, a couple so, of years ago. Just And Reba McIntyre, we just saw. We just saw Janet Reba. Jackson. Janet Jackson. I mean, just there's some ri- – And it's great because you have to change your show a little bit there because the stage is smaller and yeah. you can't bring in your full set. So, you know, you have to put on your own a different show at the bowl. But it's time. like
3: that the uh that white band shell creates its own atmosphere
0: yeah it does. you know
3: it it becomes the light show is is the
0: actual you know yeah and the fireworks that you can put in there whoa janet had some crazy fireworks i've never seen anything like that that was was like jesus (laughs) um what's kim up to says whose idea was it to put a camel in the real world music video
3: originally it was an armadillo Uh. but you can't (laughs) an armadillo can't make it through The gutters on a bowling alley. (laughs) Okay, who knew? I, 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 yeah. (laughs) I mean, that (laughs) doesn't why we needed one or the other. Like why the (laughs) other? I don't know, man. It's turtles all the way down. I don't know what to tell you.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Naturally, get a camel. Exactly. Well, Rob, it was so great to uh, talk to you and uh, really dive uh, into your life. You've had such a phenomenal career, and I feel like this next chapter is even going to be bigger um uh, and i'm excited to see what, what is great for you solo yeah. with matchbox 20. um i can i'm so happy that your son is about to like start taking off uh-huh. uh i mean your your life is good oh by the way i wanted to ask how did you meet your wife she uh uh came
3: to see a show in montreal mm-hmm. at a time where i was more famous than she thought that i was but less yeah. famous than i thought that i was yeah. um, <laughs> And uh, her like friend had drugged her to a show. She didn't really know anything about me. And I got her number and then uh, went to Europe and just talked to her every night on the phone Mm -hmm. and then just fell in love with her. And got we got married. We got engaged on our first date. Well, I told her on our first date, we were going to get that. I was going to marry her. Really? And then like a month later, we got engaged. And then a year after that, we got married. And then that was five years ago. Wow. That's
0: wow. a good love story. Uh before we let you go, what can we are do do you have time to watch TV at all?
3: <laughs> it's all I do. Okay, yeah, okay. Same. Uh,
0: is there anything that we need to be like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, what right are you on? watching now? What reality shows I mean, do you Can we talk you guys,
3: about? Are you are you guys have you guys caught with the bear?
4: <laughs> no, no. No, but everybody yet. talks about that show. Yeah, yeah not yet. The bears pretty <laughs> We
3: phenomenal. need to catch up.
0: Yeah.
4: Um
3: Marty and I are watching Miracle Workers, the Daniel Radcliffe uh show that it's like different yeah. every season. It's like a different point in history every season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've That's heard some, of that. I've heard of that, but now I haven't seen that one yet either.
3: Uh, the Great.
0: Oh, God. The Great. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're giving us some good recommendations because I feel like we watch every single show and I've not seen any of the shows you've mentioned.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, those so guys, this is good. Some of the best. I've yeah. I, Somewhere I have like a sticky that I just send to my friends of like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, on HBO. And it like, it goes all the way back to like fucking Breaking Bad. You're know, yeah. like, okay, here you go. If you, you know, Cause yeah. I'm surprised by, like, my mom just watched Breaking Bad for the first time.
0: Yeah. It was a good one. You still haven't seen the full, yeah, I haven't seen it, have you?
4: I, this is how bad I, I never watched it when you were watched it. And mm-hmm. then the, I decided I watched it when you were watching an episode one day and it was the finale. <laughs> so you watched so the finale I, I, first? So I, it's the only episode I've seen was the finale. Which I'm guys, like, yeah. oh Will man. You
3: go down the Downton Abbey rabbit hole?
4: Oh yeah. Oh yes. It was oh, yeah. so good. We've I went, seen- to the, so good. went to the
3: movie theater with my wife, right? when that last movie that came yeah. out and i was like the whole time i'm like you know i'm gonna go but i could watch this at home it's fucking down i don't need to see it in the theater yeah and then like, an hour later i'm sitting in the theater like this is just so
7: beautiful
0: <laughs> i mean that show is so good it's so great one of our good friends uh is the irish guy uh on the show the one that was the the ballet that married one of the whatever oh, yeah. The yeah, our, friend. Plays, yeah, our uh, friend alan leach yeah.
4: yeah he plays the
3: uh uh, the- uh branson
0: yes yes uh yeah he's uh he's great he's just lives down the street and uh they're they have kids kind of like the same age as ours so we have a little play group and stuff oh look at um, that um rob <laughs> it was so great to see you my man yeah. um i hope see you have again. an incredible day um when you're back in la i definitely want to come see you guys uh, do y'all have any plans on touring california i know you. I mean, right
3: now we so we just got off the road it was like 54 mm. dates It was like the yeah. longest wow. ever done and so we we're uh we're uh barring a couple you know corporate and other you know kind of like charity gigs uh we're doing australia in february and we'll be there for like a month and then after that i'm kind of like right back into solo world so i'll reach out to you when i get back out there on solo world
0: i would love that Uh, and we're we're looking forward to the solo album for sure so uh yeah we're we're waiting. We're waiting. The world <laughs> is waiting, Rob. All right, man. Well, you have go a time. great yeah, day. Go to time, Lance. All right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. All we'll right. see you later, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Yeah. Hope good to see you. All right. You too, man. Have a good one. Bye. Time. Hey, L.A., Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride (laughs) events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything L.A. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass signing off.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
0: should i say nasty it? guy
4: oh worst interview <laughs> god what a
0: legend i mean what a legend what a great i was gonna say it again so it's a nice guy i, I, mean, so, <laughs> I mean we've you know we're, i wouldn't say we're friends but we definitely yeah been around each other a lot but no i
4: just loved his vibe he's just Gr- always cool been. and, and fun. the whole band
0: the whole ba- no and he's never looked better i, I was gonna say i was say, about to say that y'all, what the hell he he, he looks white. good does has not aged a day. No, I feel like he's gotten hotter. He's definitely a good looking boy, yeah. Uh, yeah, like something like something's in the something's Orlando, in the water Orlando or something waters something because, yeah. yeah, well, for some people, yeah, <laughs> some people got like the well water uh, yeah, like, or nacho cheese comes out, of yeah, the exactly. Wall, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the lovely guy, you know, and the whole band is who was the Matchbox 20 member that we would always go over to, uh uh leah black's house is that paul met... or no it was brian maybe oh you're right oh which one i forget one? I but forget. one of them i remember that's that's who taught me how to meditate for the first time oh. remember i was like i just can't meditate yeah. my brain just you I'm know and it's like no ADD. i'm the same way and the way you do it is you go back to the same place in your head and it's like people like us, that was like That's major what you ADD. Do.
4: Yeah. So you go back to the same, same place and you
0: build one little thing in this little world every mm-hmm. single time. And you just slowly build it. And then, you know, over time, this world gets bigger and bigger, but you just focus on this one little, you know, and mine is an ice world. I guess <laughs> like it's just all. So yeah. Light.
4: I in there. And when I, did, when one of my times in therapy, I did the same thing, but it's like, imagine like a, your ideal, like out, forest park that is just your own mm-hmm. and you go in and all you do is just keep looking around the mm-hmm. park and notice something different yeah and build a beautiful yeah. like here's gonna be a waterfall there's mm-hmm. gonna
0: be a flower i have garden. lots of igloos in my town like a lot but they're like great <laughs> igloos oh. and i have lots of animals that don't really they're not supposed to live in arctic areas oh, wow that's but a, that's uh that's a complicated brain of yours it right is there. it's very zootopia but in let's
4: say it's like your farmville game heyday game but in your head y'all heyday's so fun no, we can't go down this rabbit hole okay, we can't I'm going to end it right here alright that is all the show we have for you
0: thank you so much for listening um, everyone have a great day because yes. it is a great day to, to have, have a, a great, great day, day. Uh, be good to each other uh, don't drink and drive take care of all those little animals and out there and remember stay, stay frosted. frosted hey thanks for listening follow us on Instagram at frosted tips with Lance
4: and Michael turgeon art
0: and at Lance Bass for all your pop culture needs And make sure to write us a review and leave us
4: five stars, six if you can. See you next time.
0: Hey, L.A., Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real L.A. gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is off.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Pivots.